The reading this morning is taken from Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbour his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, or repay us accordingly to our iniquities. For as far as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Mandy. Well, my name's Peter, I'm a retired vicar, and I'm so happy to be a member of the modern Christian community like we have here at CSK. I started preparing this talk before I knew of the increasing emphasis on testimony here at CSK. The river and the stones at the back of the church, I hope people get familiar with them. Testimonies here on the platform, the fresh encouragement to tell one another our stories not just funny, silly stories, but God stories. It amazes me how God sorts things out. The theme of the day is songs from the heart. And there we have a heart and hands which we often raise in worship. The book of Psalms is the Bible's hymn book. It's what the Jewish people used as a hymn book. They had hymns for different occasions in different styles. It's a wonderful book, but we'll see later why it's a particularly special book. I'm sure they used to sing their psalms. They still do in cathedrals and other places where they sing in the Church of England. Thank goodness we're not one of them where we do that. 
I'm not going to sing my talk today. Well, no, not much of it. My talk today has something of the character of a testimony, which is just amazing how God sorts things out. At the Youth Fellowship, I went to church as a Youth, youth Fellowship, I went as a teenager, and we sang this song. Life is wonderful, yes, it's wonderful. I see some recognition out there. If you know it, you could help me by singing it. Life is wonderful, yes, it's wonderful. Life is wonderful now to me. I let Jesus in, he changed everything. Life is wonderful now from memory. Since his blessings came into my heart, Joy unspeakable fills every part, and I want to live for my Lord. Life is wonderful now. Well, at, at 16, I did just that. I let Jesus into my life. He, I no longer kept him in the background trying to get a hearing from me, but I let him in, and he's now in the driving seat directing and shaping my life. Now, when it comes to giving a testimony, I wasn't a bad man before. Sometimes it's sad when everybody else has been worse than you when they give their testimony. <laughs> but we haven't had one of those testimonies today. I wasn't a bad man before, but now I'm God's man, and I seek to be a better man for him. Now, the song we've just sang seemed to promise that life would be always wonderful now that I'm a Christian. I wouldn't ask us to sing that song now, except in the context of this talk. Our musicians would probably go on strike. And anyway, I haven't always found it to be true. I was 16. My father had just died. Within two months, I was giving my sister away, her, my big sister, giving her away at the wedding. At a wedding. Actually, I was rather pleased to do that, to, be, to give her away. Um, I kept having to explain at various places why I had no father, and I had to queue at the school office for free school meal tickets. Within two years, I'd moved out of my home because my mother had taken a live-in lover. My Bible seemed to tell me that was wrong and I shouldn't be in any way associated with it or putting up with it. Keen Christian girls didn't seem to want to go out with me. Life was good but not wonderful. So what's become of this man? I've always wanted to have big pictures of me on the wall. I wonder what you think of me. After all, I did become a vicar. I wonder what you think of them. I expect you might have thought that I know all there is to know about following Jesus, that I'm always full of faith overflowing even, that I bubble with joy, the joy of the Lord on a daily basis, that the Holy Spirit fills me daily to overflowing, that I've got my Christian life, indeed the whole of my life, completely sorted out. Well, I think you must be thinking of somebody else, like Sylvia, our vicar. <laughs> like Rachel, her companion vicar. Like Joy, our children and families leader. Like Toby, our youth worker or the person that led you to faith in Jesus. The way we speak, um, speak from up here may see, give the impression that we've got it all sorted, but in fact, we are nothing but cracked pots. The Apostle Paul described us as jars of clay, 
jars of clay that can break easily, lose our strength, fall apart, leak, become empty. We have treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us ourselves. Whatever strength I have comes from God and all my needs need to be resupplied by God. I have to struggle almost every day to block out negative thinking about myself, to stop worrying about what other people think about me, and even stop worrying about what God might think of me. What is the overwhelming thing God thinks about me? I'm waiting for an answer. He loves me. That's exactly right. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, the overwhelming thing about you is that you love us. You love us because we're special to you and we're precious to you. You want us to walk with you day by day, to know your presence every day in every way. Lord, help us to do that, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. It was quite a bad day last Sunday. That should have been with the prayer, that one. It was quite a bad day last Sunday. I didn't even come to church. I was what doctors call these days having a low mood. I was anxious. I was verging on depressed, I should think. It was so bad that the vicar had to come and see me. I've been gaining weight and I'm trying to lose weight. I got a hospital appointment coming on Monday where they were going to weigh me. There's all sorts of personal stuff going on. And I was being quizzed about some Christian ministry that I'd done in good faith that had turned out a bit wrong. And it was all coming together at once. And if you'd come to me in a low mood, a switch would have flicked. And I may well have pointed you to Psalm 103, which we're looking at today. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. It was written by David, who, contrary to what Rachel said, did not read, write most of the Psalms. He only wrote 73, and there are 150 altogether, so that's less than half. So it's not most, is it? David, a shepherd boy, chosen by God, giant slayer, fugitive, king, adulterer, great king, and troubled parent. What a CV he had. What a story. That David wrote our psalm. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. First question, what do we mean by soul? Dr. Google says that soul is a spiritual or immaterial part of, be of a being regarded as everlasting. Our soul will last forever. We may live in a godless society, but an amazing number of godless people think that when somebody dies, they're looking down on them. That's really strange. People believe in souls. And it's our immortal being, our soul, our inmost being that praises God's holy name in the Psalms, in the songs we sing here, and in life. And what about the Lord? The Lord there, 
in capitals. Have you noticed it's often in capitals in the Bible? I wonder why. I'm going to ask Rachel to tell us. No, no, it's a joke. It's 6,823 times in capitals and only 300 times in normal type. I wonder why that is. God's people thought that his name was so holy they shouldn't say it out loud. They're, they wrote it, Y-H-W-H, well, the Hebrew equivalent, Yahweh, but they were afraid to say it as a mark of respect. They wrote it as just the four consonants. It wasn't even pronounceable, but we Western Christians are a bit bold and we dare to speak it out loud. It says that God wasn't created, that God always existed. It represents particularly God's relationship with the Jewish nation. But the Lord, in ordinary type, 300 times, is the word Adonai, and we choose to say that. We say, Lord, meaning you have authority, which we choose to recognize, and that comes to us in the fullness of Jesus. We praise the Lord with our inmost being. We praise his holy name. David continues in the psalm, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So just take a pause for a moment. Talk to somebody next to you. What are the benefits of knowing the Lord? In 30 seconds, I'll tell you to swap over partners and talk the other way around. You're wasting time. Start talking. You need to stop talking now and let the other person speak. I know some of you are only miming. Well, in the psalm, as the psalm goes on, David lists some of the benefits of knowing our God. He forgives, he heals, he redeems, he crowns, he satisfies us with good things that our youth is renewed like the eagles. I'd like to have my youth renewed, wouldn't you? The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. The good stuff we know about God is not just for us to keep, it's for us to share with everyone else. And the Psalms often remind us of that. He made, made his ways known to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. And David didn't even know that we Gentiles would later be included too. In verses 8 to 12, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He'll not always accuse. He'll, be, he'll not harbor his anger forever. He doesn't treat us as we deserve. So great is his love for those who fear him. So far as he removed his transgressions from us, as far as the east is from the west. David was a member of the Flat Earth Society. Has anybody here actually flown around the world? 
Oh, there's a hand up there. Have you? Well, I'm impressed. But if you have gone around the world, you know that it's round. It's not flat. And if God moved our sins as far as the east is from the west, they meet up together around the other side of the world, don't they? David didn't know that, so we'll forgive him for saying it. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And we're not always in a good mood when we read a psalm. But the Lord has compassion on us and he helps us to fear him, to know him, to love him again. The greatest benefit of all for those who believe is that God is compassionate towards us. Sylvia has a favourite phrase. I think it's a bit of a northern phrase. She says to me, what do you like, Peter? It's usually when she's shocked by me. What are you like, Peter? Well, God knows what I'm like. I couldn't hide it even if I wanted to. But God still loves me. He's still my heavenly father. He's still my spiritual daddy. This is an example of 3D perspective. It goes away that way, and it goes away that way, and it goes away that way. God knows what we're like. He views us from all angles in perfect perspective. Listen to the next verses. He knows how we're formed. He remembers we're but dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it's gone. And its place remembers it no more. We use that verse in a funeral service quite often. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. His righteousness from their, with their children's children. And that introduces the fourth dimension of time. In our small groups, we were looking at the history of the Old Testament. And we noticed that the promise made to Abraham was made to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation and to each succeeding generation, which is why it's incumbent on us grandparents and parents to tell our children and grandchildren. The history of faith has to be passed from one generation to the next, and we must be part of that. It's so important to see God in his proper perspective. The focus of everything and everyone is God himself, whether we recognize it or not. But in this psalm, from our inmost being, of course we do. The Lord has established his throne in heaven. Praise the Lord, his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. Well, none of us are angels. We're not part of the heavenly host yet. But in a very real sense, we're already following Jesus if we call him Lord. We've already become his servants and want to do his will. Not because we must, but because we love him and we want to. If only it was easy. If only life was always wonderful. God gave us the book of Psalms. The Bible as a whole speaks to us. In many ways, the Psalms speak for us. And they speak honestly. In Psalms, you find all humanity. People in pain, fear, anxiety, abandonment, failure, hope, 
joy, sadness, doubting, in need of comfort, and wanting to repent. If you're, a new to, if you're new to the Christian faith and you want to start reading, reading the Bible, the, the Gospels are the place to start. They tell us about Jesus. Mark is a good place to start because it's the shortest. Then Acts, how Christianity grew and spread throughout the world at the time. Then a basic book about the Old Testament, not the Bible itself. That's way too long and in places dull and repetitive. But, so a book about the Old Testament but now you can really enjoy the Psalms because you know a bit of the history. And the history keeps getting repeated again and again in the Psalms. And remember, they speak for us. They express those feelings we have, those feelings that try to trip us up. I want you to imagine a train. It was supposed to trundle this, this way, but it's trundling the other way, isn't it? Yes, sorry about that. I want you to imagine a steam train trundling across the platform. In the front is the engine. It's followed by the tender carrying the coal. And then there's some sandwich, some car sandwiches, carriages in which we're sitting. We all want to get to our destination, a life well lived, an everlasting life with God, and we can call it heaven. Well, there are the facts. The engine is the facts about God. What do we know about our God? He made us. He loves us. We rebelled. He sent Jesus to rescue us. He sent his Holy Spirit to fill us. Behind the facts, the engine comes faith. The tender where the coal is kept to, f to fuel the engine to keep it going. How do we express that faith? We express that faith in worship in studying together, in doing things together, in serving in the world. And then along comes the carriages with our feelings. Sometimes the carriages aren't very well looked after. We have all sorts of feelings. Some of them make us go forwards, and some of, us make, some of them make us go backwards. I've mentioned the feelings a moment ago. The truth of our faith, the truth about God, never depends on our feelings alone. The truth depends on the facts brought to life by our faith, which is a work of the Holy Spirit, and never on our feelings alone. The Psalms speak for us, and they speak honestly. In Psalm 51, David had committed what all reasonable people would call a sin, David and Bathsheba. He'd bedded the beautiful Bathsheba and then ensured that her husband was killed in the fiercest part of a major battle. And he came to, he came to God and said, Have mercy on me, O Lord, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. It wasn't that his sin was unimportant, it was that God would forgive him if he asked. God will not despise a broken and humbled heart. And you can imagine how my heart leapt when I saw that verse referred to in our confession earlier on. My sacrifice of God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. 
And so such a psalm shows us how we can repent of any sin and once again know God's forgiveness and a fresh start. Psalm 121 is very popular. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. It speaks of someone needing reassurance. Now the reassurance doesn't come from the solidity of the mountains. Rather, David's recalling how God kept him safe in the mountains for 10 or 15 years while King Saul was trying so hard to kill him. Remembering those hills, he remembers when he was harassed and pursued and at his wit's end. But he also remembered the presence of God in that location at that time. So where can you lift your eyes to? Where and when do you remember God acting in your life? Because when times are tough, that's where you need to look to find God there again and to be confident that the same God is alongside you now. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He'll watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. So when I was in a low mood, when you're in a low mood, it's good to have a favorite psalm. And my favorite psalm, uh, I'm going to share with you a little bit during our prayer time today. Uh, this psalm isn't about strength, it's about my many weaknesses. You may remember I said it was quite, I was in quite a state last Sunday, I didn't even come to church. I was in what the GP would call a low mood, I was anxious. Psalm 42 and 43, remember that we are all cracked pots and jars of clay can break easily, lose their strength, fall apart, and leak. We're going to use this response in the prayers in a little while. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. When I look to my mountains, the times and places in life when I've been rescued and protected and shown grace by God, then I remember what I have done. If I repent, God will give me a fresh start. Whatever I face, I don't face it alone. Whoever accuses me, I have Jesus by my side. I remember that no matter how I feel, my railway carriage is being pulled by a faith-based on everlasting facts and I'll put my hope in God for I will yet praise him my saviour and my God I just needed that reminder last Sunday I had to give myself a good talking to I had to let the Holy Spirit give me a good talking to God had not abandoned me the Lord will keep you from all harm he'll watch over your life the Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Amen.